Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Strava CBD coffee is infused with both CBD and CBG. Can be delivered to your doorstep every two, four, six, or eight weeks. And now you can get 25% off your first purchase when you go to StravaCraftCoffee.com. When you use code DNVR25, I'm your host, Patrick Lyons. And joining me today is one of our friends from the Coors Field Press Box, Danielle Alentuck. How are you doing today, Danielle? Good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you coming in on on a lack of rest as we were all up late last night with our fingers crossed, hoping that perhaps a deal gets done and hoping perhaps that you hear our producer will just jump in and say, guys, there's going to be baseball. But do you think that you think that's going to actually happen at some point today? I mean, like, I hope so. But no, I don't think so. Yeah, it's it's weird. I don't like to think of myself as being pessimistic, but just when you look at how everything's laid out, it yeah. just doesn't doesn't seem like it's something that's going to happen just yet. I mean, I think none of us really know what's going on in the meetings. I mean, we're just getting like tiny clips of information out, but I it doesn't feel like they're close to me. It doesn't feel like we're going to have a deal today. I sort of feel like if the players are really going to do what they set out to do, mm-hmm. which I think is a large undertaking in general, but if they kind of continue to creep more and more closer to what the owners have put on the table – this this could be bad. So they're getting closer and closer, but at a certain point, I think the players are going to say, I know we're really close now, mm-hmm. but we, we can't go any further at this point. I agree, especially with all the plans that players are making. You know, the training sites set up in Arizona and Florida, they're ready for a fight. They're prepared for this. So I think opening day is in jeopardy. I think we'll know later today. Yeah, and I think you've got the entirety of this week really to to hammer something out and still save opening day. The thing I kept coming back to as a slogan in a sense was we've been hearing a lot about progress. Mm-hmm. Progress is not proximity. Right. So, hey, it's, you're getting better. It's, you're doing really well. It's like people going out there and first of the year, I'm going to start walking. and I'm going to start jogging. You're making progress. Mm-hmm. Are you close to being in marathon shape? Maybe not. And right. so that that's my way of, of looking at it to a degree. And you were know that being a marathoner. Thank you for pointing that out. That's that that would be correct. So, let's let's talk about your uh, your career. You you went to Ithaca College, and that's kind of notable because it's the same college as one of our good buddies here at, at DNVR, Drew Goodman. Mm-hmm. I did. I didn't know that until halfway through the season. <laughs> but also, Mark Stout, who does the pregame show, um, sometimes sideline, he also went to Ithaca. That's true. Mm-hmm. Carl Ravitch. Mm-hmm. Some some notable names. What about Ben Feldman? Does, does Ben Feldman do anything for you? Not at all. See, here I thought that was going to be like a big one. He's an actor. 
well, he was on the NBC Superstore. I think I, I remember him most from Silicon Valley. But he's from like Maryland. So I'm like, this guy checks off all the boxes. You know, I'm you not know quite hip enough to know that. Oh. I don't know actors. Very You're well. originally from Maryland, though, right? Yes, I am. And so you grew up as as an Orioles fan. Well, so the Nationals came when I was seven. Oh, okay. so my family kind of was one of those families who kind of ditched the Orioles and went <laughs> to the Nationals. How how did that work? Where they just decided, man, the Orioles are breaking our hearts. Peter Angelos was kind of maybe a little bit irksome, and you went the National League route. I don't really know if I remember. I mean, I remember going to opening day in 2008 and just being like, okay, I'm a Nationals fan. Like, I think my family just got tickets. And I was like, cool. There you go. We were much closer to D.C., so it was easier. That's true. Yeah. And what's baseball going to be like in the Capitol without Ryan Zimmerman now? I know. I think <laughs> <laughs> my grandpa was so sad. I don't know if oh. I've ever seen him that sad about a player. He loved Ryan Zimmerman. Um, but I don't know. I mean, they have Han Soto. And yeah. He, so, I mean, they have a bright future in like five years. They'll get there eventually. And obviously, you know, you got to be a biased journalist, but there are certain teams when they come to town, you get a little bit more excited, either because there's players there or whatever. You had to wait all season. That was the last team that the Rockies had at home. And you did get to see Juan Soto there, so that was pretty cool. I think it was even cooler for me when I went to D.C. this year and I got to cover a stadi- uh, game there in a the stadium I grew up going to. And my parents went to the game. And they like posted a picture on Facebook and they were so proud. So I think that was the cooler part to me. Yeah, no, that's true. Did you get a, little, a nosebleed from sitting up in that press box? <laughs> it's so high. It's so hard yeah. to see things. It's really bad. It's You don't even bother looking at the ball off the bat. You just look at the left fielder and look at his reaction. And that's how you know if it's a home run or not. It's like, again, if you sit behind home plate, every fly ball, you're standing up going, oh, he got all of that one. And meanwhile, you just see the shortstop jogging backwards, and you're like, that's a, that's a pop-up. Yeah. And so it, it's hard to gain that perspective there. I think, like, Ryan Feltner was – I thought he was throwing a bullpen, and I could watch <laughs> it from the press box, and then he got optioned to Albuquerque. And I texted somebody. I was like, am I not watching Ryan Feltner throw a bullpen right now? And they were like, no, you're not. <laughs> They're like – I was like, I can't see anything from up here. Like, I have no idea what's going on. You should have Thomas's uh, binoculars. Thomas Harding, he, he usually brings the binos to see who's warming up in the bullpen. See, he was late that day because he Ooh. got the time zones messed up. <laughs> really? That yeah. was his excuse, at least. Yeah, he forgot to change it in his calendar. Uh you know, the, the, the travails of, of being on the road and, and figuring those things out. So one of the cool things you did, and, and we don't have to obviously dig into the details, but you were recently, a couple years ago, you were in Siberia, right? Mm-hmm. I think covering the, the World University Games. What was what was that like? And what is the World <laughs> University Games? Because it sounds like it's, it's a pretty big deal for the most part. Okay, so it was exactly three years ago because I've been getting the Facebook memories pop up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's basically the Olympics for college-age students. So cool. you have to be in between 18 and 24. Um, a lot of people pull from like their national teams and stuff like that. Um, and it's basically just an international competition for people you know, in the off-Olympic years. Um, so it was a very cool experience. Siberia is a city for people who don't know. It's not in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It is a very big population there. Uh, and it was in it was in March though. Yes. Oh wow! So still pretty cold. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think I got hypothermia a couple times. Oh really? Because you would like spend when you cover like a big event like that, you just go to the mountain and then you're kind of stuck there all day. So I was covering I think ski jumping. I didn't have any gloves because I'm an idiot. Oof. And you know you're trying to take notes and you're trying to write and my hands turned purple and we're shaking a lot. If it makes you feel any better, I once left gloves on a 
the lift mm. when I was skiing and the instructor said, I, I'm not going to train you if you don't have gloves <laughs> on. And so I was able to figure it out. So they, is it typically like Olympic sports or do they have baseball, dare I, dare I ask, or so, disc golf, typical <laughs> beer pong? I mean, what are we talking about the university games? So there's a summer and a winter version. It's the same exact sports um, that you'd see mm. at the Olympics. So I did a winter version. Um, I was actually still in college, so I missed the whole month of school, which at the time seemed really cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, they had ski jumping, cross-country skiing, hockey, figure skating, everything you'd see at the Olympics they have. That's awesome. Parlay that into, I think, what a fellowship with New York Times. Yes. That's exciting. Yeah. So I did that. Um, I started two weeks there after I graduated college, moved to New York City. I think my first day at the New York Times was my first time ever taking the subway. So okay. it was a very big day at first. Um, but Scary. New- yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, the New York Times, which is an incredible experience. It's where I really learned I wanted to do this and be a baseball beat writer um, because they asked you know, I was like, oh, I like baseball. And they're like, go cover the Mets. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> At no point you said, I said I like baseball. Why? <laughs> no, 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 baseball. So Yankees, right? No, they, Mets are a team. This was like the exciting Mets year. Not in like that they were good, but in the, yeah. like they were kind of a shit show that year. That's always enjoyable. This was where like Mickey Calloway and a reporter got in a fight. Mm-hmm. Um, chairs were thrown. They hired a manager and then they fired a manager and then they hired a manager. So... There was just a lot to do that year. Yeah, you. Yeah, I think you wrote an article about Carlos Beltran, mm-hmm. a guy who I, I, I've actually seen him as manager at the 2019 Winter mm-hmm. Meetings. That's I've, Not that it's necessarily a claim to fame, but I always like for my, I have a lot of family that are Mets fans. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, I've actually seen one of your managers in person because mm-hmm. no one else has seen him. He was a manager in an off season and was gone in like, I don't know, three, four weeks, how long, however long that tenure was, but yeah. it was very brief. He had the intro press conference <laughs> and I think the Winter Meetings were right after that. And then, like, beginning of January, I think, is when everything came out. And the Mets, I mean, they took a couple of days because they were the Mets, but he was <laughs> tanked eventually. Hmm. Mets being the Mets. Uh, I'm beginning to see that it might be a theme with some of the teams you might be covering. But moving on from there, <laughs> uh, Stephen A. Cohen then then buys the team. And mm-hmm. you're there for that. What is what is your thoughts been on, on Uncle Steve so far, his, his regime, if you will? Yeah. I mean, I think the day they announced it was the day I'll never forget just because it was, we were about to go to the sports holiday party. And I remember I get this email and I turn around and I look at my editor. I was like, what does this mean? Like it was not written in plain English. It was like, I don't know. I mean, I was still very new to mm-hmm. this whole thing. He goes, oh, we need to write that. Like very calmly. <laughs> and I'm sitting there panicking. Um, but I think he's done, I mean, it's too early to know like how they're going to actually do with sure. these, but he's shown he's willing to spend money. He gets rid of people when they need to get rid of. Like he, I don't know. I think Mets fans should maybe have some promise in them. I wouldn't say hope yet, but I think they're on the right track. Yeah. I think when he took over, the expectations were really high. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he set them really high mm-hmm. and you just thought immediately things are going to be a world better and they haven't been, right. but He's done a good job to, as you said, there, there's been certain issues that he's handled really mm-hmm. well. And I think overall, the, the organization probably is trending upward. And I think, yeah, in, in a couple of years time, it'll be like a no brainer. Like, wow. All right. Mm-hmm. Uncle Steve's doing a good job. And he also has to remember, he inherited a team. You know, you can't just mm-hmm. wipe everything off in your first year. True. But Marlins did that. And True. that meant trading everybody on the, <laughs> on the entire roster and Derek Jeter. And now he's not there anymore mm-hmm. either. The more things change, the more they they stay the same, I guess. You also, uh, you covered sports, I think, in Buffalo for a little while, too? Mm -hmm. 
I intern interned there going into my senior year of college. Bill's Mafia? I mean, are we familiar? <laughs> yes. Are you consigliere in the Mafia? What, what are we talking about here? They are crazy. <laughs> um, I was there the summer going into Josh Allen's rookie year. So he didn't have the starting job yet. It right. was a, I can't even remember who the other quarterbacks he was competing with are, but it was a three-person quarterback competition. And my job is to stand there on the sideline and track every single pass that everybody threw in a different colored pen, of course. Naturally. Um, but like training camp was insane. Like they already loved Josh Allen. They already like swarmed him everywhere. Um, you just like drive around town. It's like July and like there's bill signs everywhere. Yeah. That's, that's the only game in town. Did you ever get to cover any of the, the games? Or rather, did you get to cover a tailgate? I've, I care more about the tailgates than I do at the actual games themselves. I did not. I actually covered a Bills game against the Jets, but it was in New York. So I didn't get to see true Bills Mafia. Growing up, did you have like favorite authors or favorite journalists that, whether they covered baseball or otherwise, that you just really you know connected with, that inspired you? So like middle school, elementary school, um, John Feinstein has this like mm. young adult book series and it's about two teen reporters and they, they go to events and they get this big story and everybody freaks out because they're teen reporters and I loved that story. That's awesome, <laughs> like, I love it already. Like they go to the Olympics, they go to the US Open, they go to the Super Bowl. I don't know, it's just like, oh, I'm gonna be like them and I'm like writing my own newspaper at home, like thinking I'm them. Um, but then growing up, I mean, I being from the DC area, just like everybody worked for the Washington Post, I was like, I wanna be all of them. Um, so like James Ragnar was one of those and then mm -hmm. I ended up working for him at the times and I remember telling him that I like grew up reading him and he like hated me so much for that. <laughs> but like uh, just like they have such a strong baseball section there. So I just admired all of their writers. Yeah. Chelsea James is another mm -hmm. one that's that's doing big things right now covering the lockout. Mm -hmm. I'm curious about this John Feinstein <laughs> series. Did they like go back in time and cover like big events? No, they didn't go I back know. in time. It was just like, oh, all right. They were like made up scenarios. Sure. Like I think one time the Olympics was a doping scandal, and they like <laughs> discovered it, I which was like before the big Russian doping scandal came out. Sure. Um, the Super Bowl was a cheating scandal, if I remember right. <laughs> so this is great. How many were in the series? Uh, there was like four of them, but there's definitely more. There's a March Madness one. Nice. So I would definitely like reread them. I still have them all at my parents' house. No, I I am legit excited. So <laughs> so when I taught third grade, I got into the Magic Treehouse series mm -hmm. and Jack and Annie. <laughs> you hear looking at me like, oh, okay, we're gonna do that. I remember being forced to read those. <laughs> no, but like I remember they were up to like thirty at that point. And so I literally went through like my kids you know, their little library that they had that they could take books out of. Yeah. And I like read all like 20, the first 25 mm -hmm. in a weekend. This isn't bragging because they're like 85 pages and, <laughs> and I'm an adult and these are books for eight year olds. It's a humble brag. But in fact, I guess, <laughs> but I was just like enamored with it. I'm like, oh, this is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And my mind's like, oh, well, what would I write? What's the next journey I read about Jack and Annie? And I think they like did, like they went back and there was a recent one where they went back and were hanging out with like Jackie Robinson. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> so I need to revisit that. You need to revisit the John Feinstein series. Yeah. It's wonderful symmetry. You hear, did you read those books? I did not. <laughs> I never read those either. You're not hip to those. That's okay. Well, we don't force reading here at the DNVR bar on the corner of Colfax in York. We don't do that, but we do force you to have a good time, especially at any of our Nuggets and Abs watch parties. We got them going on all week long. You know, you get a member-sized beer. Nice little upgrade on that. 50 cents for your first month at the DNVR.com. And, of course, an annual membership gets you a free shirt at DNVRlocker.com. And Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook 
the official sports betting partner of the NBA, is just too good to pass up. New customers bet just one dollar. That's all you got to do on any team, and you win $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on the NBA with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code DNVR at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Some other good news out there is that we've got a Vodka TV. You can now watch Nuggets and Avalanche games on a Vodka TV. What is a Vodka TV? Sounds like evocative, doesn't it? Mm-hmm clever marketing there, I I would say. Look, it's just a new paradigm for TV delivery that's less expensive and more efficient while offering a superior picture than those legacy providers. Bottom line, they've got altitude sports. Need I say more? You can get this in Denver, Colorado Springs, Phoenix, Boise, Twin Falls, Idaho, the entire Rocky Mountain region. Most importantly, altitude sports. I mean, that's, that's it. We've seen the numbers. Harrison Wynn tweeted it out about how sad the, the ratings have been for Nuggets games. And it's not because you guys aren't passionate fans. It's because you can't watch those games anywhere. Now you can with Avaca TV. So go to Avaca, E-V-O-C-A, dot TV slash DNVR and $25 per month plus a receiver. There's no contract, no hidden fees. Your price does get locked in for two years and you can have all your Denver sports once and for all. Can't beat that. Nice little deal there. All right, Danielle, this year covering the Rockies, go from... Rooting for the Nats, covering the Mets a little bit. Buffalo Bison, did you have to do any of those games up there? I did a lot. Saw Vlad Jr. Oh, his wow. His first AAA debut. What, how, well, they've they've upgraded Salem Field since you've been there, but okay ballpark, right? I always thought it was like kind of perfect. There's kind of downtown Denver. It's like the only sporting event you can walk to there. Um, I get talky, but not in the summer. Um, sure. They were really popular. People really like going to their games. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I I like that they that stadium in particular got a lot of attention. And, you know, again, we'll see what happens with this lockout. I think minor league baseball is going to get a lot more attention. And so that'll be a lot of fun. We got to travel with the, the Rockies this year. First question, actually, before we go into that, fans want to know. I got to put you on the hot seat here. You ready? Okay. This is going to be a big one. Do you think Todd Helton is a Hall of Famer? Oh, okay, good. That's the right answer. You know, you don't have to you don't have to back it up with a why. You could just leave it there at that or you know, you could get into the details, but that that's the right answer. So, you know, give it a couple years. Maybe yeah. by like 2025. Yeah, that seems to be the number that that mm-hmm. a lot of people are pointing to. I I think there's a chance he could actually get in next year just because of the names that are coming on the ballot. And if you say, "Ah, eh, one to two guys get voted in every year." Well, he was he had the second most votes behind Scott Rowland, so I'm thinking there could be that chance where he gets a, a major bump up. I don't know that we've seen someone go from like 52% to 75%. That would be, you know, a lot in one year, but it's it's not crazy. I'm not that confident for next year. I mean, I think yeah. there is kind of like a trend you have to do. Like right. baseball is very into their traditions and mm-hmm. the tradition is to increase your vote each year. So yeah. I think you will get there. Just take a couple of years. 
2025 is, is what I'm hearing. So so start you know booking the, your plans <laughs> for Cooperstown. Have you ever been up to Cooperstown? Well, you've been very close. I have not. Ithaca is at what the bottom one of the Finger Lakes. Yeah, they're kind of on opposite sides of New York State. So I've been to the Little League um, area. And that's pretty cool. Oh, in Williamsport. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that but that is great. Haven't been to Cooperstown. Haven't been to Cooperstown. All right, well there you go. You'll yeah, I'm sure you'll be covering uh, yeah. Todd Helton there. Give me three years. Quite possibly. So. What was your take? Who who did you like on the Rockies that was a, either a fun interview or was just easy to talk to? And you're like, all right, I got to talk to so-and-so. Oh, this will be a good day. This will be cool. I just feel like Ryan McMahon. You just sort of – Yeah. He's a very chill dude. You kind of <laughs> you kind of know what's going to come out of his mouth, but sometimes he <laughs> says things and you're just like, okay. He's just like very easy to talk to. Um, he like gives you anecdotes about you really asking for them. He's kind of an easy, chill interview. Yeah. When he when uh, Cargo left the team after the 2018 season, it was like, all right, well, who's who's going to talk to the media? And it was still way too early for Ryan McMahon. Yeah. But he was like the first guy that came up with like, I think he was going to do a great job with it. Mm-hmm. Trevor Story stepped up, mm-hmm. did a great job. But now he's almost the guy. He's going to be the guy in, in 2022. We know Charlie's is great mm-hmm. if you can get him, if you can stick around long enough. <laughs> we'll see what happens at the clubhouses. Yeah. I mean, you you have you heard about his intense workout? Like routine after oh, yes. games, of course. It's I've sat wild. there waiting for him for up to thirty minutes before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. After after he plays a nine inning game, mm. no, he he still has to get his work in, man. Elsa Chassin is an amazing interview because he's just so happy to be there. Like he <laughs> knows everything about the organization going back like twenty years because obviously he's been there for that long. Mm-hmm. Um, but he just like tells really funny stories. He like asked about your life. You, I know random things about his kid. His daughter used to be afraid of Dinger. Um, so she was very <laughs> proud when she was no longer afraid and she was coming to the stadium one day when I was talking to him. He's just sort of a guy who's like a joy to talk to. He, like puts a smile on your face. Carlos Estevez is that same way where he's, I wouldn't necessarily say happy go lucky, but he just always has just a positive mm-hmm. aura about him and just a great guy. And he's a giant of a man. <laughs> yeah. And yet you're like, what a gentle giant. He's going to be a guy where he's he's got one more year left of club control before mm-hmm. he gets the free agency. So if that happens, that'll be one you go, oh, man, that's that's just a good person that you root for. He kind of cracks me up because he acts as like a big brother to some of the players. He does. Um, like Julian Fernandez, who got called up in September. Mm-hmm. They He like watched Fernandez grow up. So he translated all of his interviews because it made Fernandez comfortable. But he's like cracking up jokes they're having like a side conversation like he's just like a little big brother to all those players yeah a few years ago it was tony diaz who was the first base coach that would translate Mm -hmm. we know aaron munoz has done it Mm -hmm. but i i really like the idea that players are really helping their fellow players out like you know yeah you could go get the official you know club representative you know from the rockies front office that'll translate or whoever it is or or munoz but they're just like no i'll i'll do it for you like we're all we're all kind of doing the same thing here we're all on the same team it's weird to think players as our colleagues because in a degree to to a certain degree they they are in in Mm -hmm. some ways yeah and carlos is funny with it because he'll translate what somebody says and then he'll pause and be like okay this is what i'm adding like this is what you actually (laughs) need to know that he didn't say (laughs) He's like, did you get a chance to talk a bunch with Josh Fuentes? I did, yeah. He's he's another character he, that will just go off and say some crazy stuff, and he's enjo- very enjoyable. Yeah, he was one of the first players I talked to in person because the first two months were on Zoom. Um, but eventually, I hadn't met Bud Black, and it was like mid-May, and he like pointed at me one day and was like, come down. So I came down, and he wasn't out there yet. 
So Josh, your friend, just walked by and I just like screamed at him because I was like, I'm just going to start screaming at players and introducing myself this way. So we talked um, that first day through like the little glass that separates you. Right. Um, but he was always very good to talk to, too. Um, and even when he uh, went down, got options and then he came back for like one day, like he was willing to talk to me that one day about, you know, struggles and what happened. Yeah, no, he's he's uh, he's fun. He's I think the modern version of like Ryan Spielborg's, mm. where if you think like you know I, I don't know how long you have to play to eventually work your way onto the into the booth at AT and T Sportsnet, but he has that kind of personality where you go, nah, there's a career for you. Yeah, he's got the facial expressions for it too. Yeah, he definitely does. He's he's fun. He's he's very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so let's talk about actually going out on the road. I know for the first couple months of the season. Kind of couldn't do it. I mean, you could, but there was really no general benefit to doing that. Right. We know the announcers couldn't do that at all. Um, but then you finally started to go out on the road. What what was that? What cities were really made the biggest impact? And you say, I can't wait to come back to this place again. Or maybe it was already a favorite location of yours. So I had never been to California. Okay. Um, so I started traveling a little bit after the All-Star break. Hmm. Um, so I did LA, Anaheim, San Diego. And like Anaheim was not my favorite it's kind of a little boring if you're not going to disney and i went to san diego um and it was the trade deadline so i was locked in my hotel room for the first two Uh, days that's a bummer but then it was like that you could go to the beach before you covered a game and i was like this is the coolest (laughs) thing ever like i love water so um i that was my favorite i had really good tacos um and i just feel like i didn't really get to see san diego because of the trade deadline Mm. so i'm excited to go back and do the rest of my list well that's good though that again you did anaheim you saw enough to go, eh, not, not, I'm going to pass up. It's kind of like, like suburbs almost. It's, it doesn't, doesn't have its own personality. Yeah. It seems like for, from the little that I've been there. And like I stayed right next to the stadium and the only stuff in walking distance had drive throughs and none of the restaurants were open because of COVID. I was like, I can't rent a car because I'm not 25. So I was like, they wouldn't let me walk through the drive through. So I was like, this is so dumb ordering Uber Eats from a restaurant that's across the street from me. Yeah. So it was just like a weird trip. That's weird to say the least, but yeah, San Diego, probably my my favorite city outside of Denver, to to go and visit. So that's kind of nice that you didn't get to do everything. Yeah, check it off your list. You'll probably have to hit up the zoo at some point. I know zoo's fantastic. Hopefully, be going back in the beginning of April, but fingers crossed. See what yeah. happens. What about LA? Did you get to do any Dodgers Giant series? Actually, didn't. Um, I really want to go to San Francisco this year. Um, yeah. That's on my list. I didn't do LA just because that was a like 12 day road trip. Um, and it was LA, Anaheim, San Diego. And I didn't want to be on the road for that long at once. So I stayed home for LA and then went to Anaheim. I think you'll have a couple opportunities to, <laughs> to see the Dodgers, uh, exactly. to, to say the least. Yeah. The, what the AL central is, is where the NL West teams are matched up. Mm-hmm. So if we have the schedule as is, we're talking Detroit in April. I'm guessing you might pass that one up. I think I'm going to. Unless you want to, I don't know, go across the border and go to the Labatt Brewery Factory or, or something like that. No thanks. Uh, Cleveland? What, what's the other? Oh, Minnesota. I think those are the only two that they, they actually travel to, to. No, Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland comes to Denver. Yeah. KC comes to Denver. White Sox come to Denver. And they also do go to Chicago because mm-hmm. there's like that full week In where they Chicago. play. I think the White Sox for two games on mm-hmm. Tuesday and Wednesday. They're off on Thursday in a three-game series with the Cubs. So that might be – I don't know. Is that too much of Chicago, maybe? 
I mean, I have a lot of friends there, so I don't think it'd be too much for me. But I kind of like it when they do that. Like, I know a bunch of teams do that with New York. They do the Mets and Yankees at once. And then you just right. you don't have to go back and forth. It just makes it easier. That'll you, make it easier. You do change hotels, though. Minnesota, I would like to get back to. I was there once for a game that was at the Metrodome, but I haven't been to Target Field. And I, I was planning on going there. I think it was 2020. Mm-hmm. They, they were originally on the schedule. And obviously, the pandemic, you know, ruined that. But I, I would love to go back to check out Target Field and kind of see that downtown area yeah. a little bit more. I, I hear good things about and Minneapolis. Next year, the AL East, which is yes. what I'm excited about, to go to Camden Yards and Yankee Stadium and go to Toronto. Hopefully, right? And it's yeah. not one that those teams are coming to Denver. It's it's a little <laughs> bit of each, right? Yeah. I mean, got to hope. Got to hope. Yeah. yeah. I hope it's not Toronto and Tampa. <laughs> you get the schedule and you go, what they're going to be now i think someone out there may know i think the rockies have only played like two series i want to say maybe once but only two series in toronto ever it's just worked out that way where they've they they've missed them and again for a period of time when they had interleague play you only played the same division so it was al west nos so i think they've only gone to toronto like twice Mm -hmm. i think they're like zero and five something weird like that and then tampa is another one you go well, Tampa itself, I guess, is is okay city. I haven't spent too much time there, but Tropicana, Tropicana Field, I'm gonna have to to pass on that one. Yeah, I I can't say I have any interest in those. I'd love to go to Boston. Um, if we could do Boston, New York, and Baltimore, I'd be very happy. That would be great. Mm-hmm. I would I would be good with that. I did get to cover a game in Yankee Stadium mm-hmm. two years ago or three years ago now at this point, but it was like 105 degrees out with humidity. <laughs> And it was atrocious. And they have an they have an outdoor press box. And there's no air conditioning. No, I mean they've got like fans like blowing. But it's just blowing the hot air. Yeah. Camden Yards doesn't have air conditioning either. Is it is it an outdoor mm-hmm. press box? It's really, really low too. It's like the lowest. So you get one a good view to. though, right? Mm-hmm. I think I think in San Francisco the view is is on the low side too. I haven't been though. I think there are two sections up. I think it's like it is at Coors Field. Okay. Yeah, I hope. And and the changes that they're making at, at Camden Yards as well is mm-hmm. is kind of interesting. What what was your your take on that? You don't don't mess with it. Like just leave the stadium exactly as it is. Are you okay with taking out those few rows? It's a thousand seats mm-hmm. that they're taking out of left field. Was that kind of a disappointment maybe? I mean, like, look, let's be honest, they don't have the best attendance. So like no. I don't feel like we have to worry about them like not having enough seats for people, but I don't know. I mean, I kinda like keeping it as is. Yeah. Yeah, it it will. There'll be a lot of kind of lazy fly balls out in left field that previously had been homers right. that will now just be an F seven. <laughs> but if we're, if we're speaking about lazy and getting some rest, we got to talk about Wana Optimals fast asleep gummies. You see how I did that, Danielle? Yeah. I, I'm <laughs> good at my sure job. Where you're going. <laughs> I'm good at my job. You're like, what? what? Okay, maybe it kind of makes more sense that I'm shoehorning. Uh, these words in there. No, but look, no matter when you take them, Wana Optimal's fast asleep gummies, which you can get at Lightshade, 10, soon to be 11 Denver metro area locations. They are not going to leave you in a fog. It's not an over-the-counter medication that, that's loaded full of stuff that's going to knock you out. Not at all. 10 milligrams of CBD, a hint of THC, and like 5 to 15 minutes, eyelids start to feel heavy. They'll pass right out. It's great if you're taking a, a long flight or even if you just want a really solid nap. It's wonderful. Go to lightshade.com and get 25% off with code DNVR of your Wana Optimals Fast Asleep Gummies or anything else that you want to get for that matter. And again, go to any of Lightshade's 10 Denver Metro area locations and use that code DNVR. 
Danielle, did you follow any of the Eric K trial and the some of the comments and and I don't know the word that I'm trying to use the confession of of CJ Crone and you know some some of his uh, oxy use it was, was that is he going to get suspended is is kind of my question I don't think he will because they had kind of uh, they they had the ability to to not be have that held against them mm-hmm. and so I I don't think that'll be the case but that was uh, that was a rough trial to say the least. It's my understanding that he will not be suspended. Um, there's obviously, from my understanding, been a little bit of behind-the-scenes action going on about it, but more so as like a how do we make sure this doesn't happen again right. type of thing, not in like a you're in trouble. Um, it surprised me a little bit, um, just sort of getting to know CJ a little bit this year, but also just sort of sounds like the environment they were in there. Right. Yeah. Hart, Matt Harvey is going to be the one where, because he was also supplying it mm-hmm. again, he said, look, if tell us now and you're okay, but if you hold anything back, there's going to be a problem. So right. for, for what he was able to, to come forth with, yeah, I don't, I don't think, uh, that that's, that's going to come to fruition anyway. And I think it was, I don't know, brave is the right word for it, but I right. mean, he's still in his playing career. He just sent a new contract right. and he did this, you know, on the record knowing that there could potentially be consequences so yeah yeah there's there's much worse things going on in the world and the lockout isn't even one of those right those bad things i i think just to say the least it's 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 just been really frustrating to to have to watch this and to really feel helpless whether you're a fan whether you are a journalist or you're a broadcaster you just have to kind of of wait and see and we don't we, we need we like structure I think in the world I know I, I enjoy structure and now's the time where we should be in Arizona or we should be you know talking about some relief pitcher that came in in the seventh inning of a game that no one really cares about but hey there's something there and we don't have that right now yeah I mean I think we were talking about before the show it's like I don't know if I'm in Arizona next week for minor league camp I don't know if I'm waiting a week and a half to go for regular camp like we have I mean, I have no structure in my life right now, and I love to be organized. Um, I was the, I think, I don't know if idiot's the right word, but being a, <laughs> a rookie beat writer last year, I made a whole off-season calendar and planned out all my content for the year that nice. went in the trash. So, oh, so you're, you're all of your content for 2022? I planned out all my off-season content. You know, did a bunch of interviews before the season ended, and now they're, they're gone. People warned me, but <laughs> did it uh. anyways. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think players are feeling it too. Pitchers don't know, like, should they be ramping up right now? Should they be getting ready to be able to throw five innings at a time? Like they would be, if they were in spring training right now. So, I mean, I think pitchers have a divorce, honestly. Yeah. That's something that you can't really do anything about it, but it's a shame because there's going to be players whose careers will effectively end if they come together on some kind of deal and there's only three weeks of spring training and they play a even 144 games, whatever it is, if they only have three weeks of spring training, that there's going to be a lot more injuries. I mean, we kind of saw that a little bit in 2021 after the shortened season in 2020. That was fine for those three weeks because they only had to play 60 games. Right. But then immediately once they have to ramp it back up to 162, you see those injuries. And so for them to do it again with only three weeks of training possibly, it it's going to be it's going to be really bad. And I think the problem is not knowing when spring training is going to start or the season's going to start. They don't want to start ramping up. Right. Or if they start ramping up, then they're going to have to take it back and then wait to ramp it up again until they know. So they're not 
I don't know what their pitching schedules look like. I've just sort of heard pitchers are just sort of, you know, staying steady right now, just kind of keeping their arm in shape, throwing a certain amount of pitches, but they're not beginning that ramping up process that if they're starting the season in four weeks from Thursday, they're not, you know, they're going to have to ramp up pretty quickly. Real quick, according to reports, uh, negotiations are heading towards third base. Of- <laughs> okay, we're heading oh, towards third base <laughs> yeah. in the negotiations. All right, that's progress. <laughs> I don't know no. what that means, really, but I, I know it's it's all oh approaching. We're not even at third base yet. All right, so there's a throw coming in from the right fielder, <laughs> and there could be a play at third base. Maybe it'll be safe. If if they're safe, who's gonna who's gonna knock them in? We got two outs. We definitely have two outs here. So sack fly is not gonna get the job done here. In this, analogy. this analogy really far. <laughs> what else do we got? Who's on who's on the bench? Dick Monfort, he's in the game right now. Mm-hmm. Oh boy! All right, so they're at almost at third base, and they have what three hours left? Four hours left? Can you translate that into innings? You hear? Are we are we at the seventh inning stretch? Where are we at? Well, we're already in extra innings. Oh, okay. All right, we're in extra innings. Are we doing the runner on second base rule in this I don't scenario? Think so I think Why we would not? be a lot farther along. All right, so this is like postseason type mm-hmm. of, of an analogy. Classic baseball. Oh man! All right. So we're looking out into the bullpen now. Mm-hmm. Who's possibly left? I think we're running out of relievers. We're running out of analogies, too. <laughs> sending, um, sending Josh Runtis. Josh, yeah, that's it. If we're going to need a position player. Mm-hmm. I think you're right to, to come in. Get Andrew Miller out. Garrett Cole, Max Scherzer. Get in a position player. Mm-hmm. Francisco Lindor is going to save it. Yeah, get Kyle Freeland back in the outfield. There you go. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think I, that, that analogy. We, we did a good job milking that thing <laughs> for what it was worth. Yes. Man, yeah, it's... It, it is frustrating, too, with, with the pitchers having to ramp up. And so my thought the entire time is, well, what they did in 95, because they only had three weeks of spring training, and they're only going to have a 144-game season, but they said, well, we'll expand the rosters. I think it, it, they definitely were 25-man rosters at that mm-hmm. point. I think they stretched them to 27, mm-hmm. so they added two more guys so that really pitchers. So you your pitcher's only going to go four innings as a starter, maybe five if they're lucky the first two times around. So you're going to need some extra arms out there. But then that goes back to the owner saying, well, wait a minute. We're the ones that are going to have to pay for these guys, and these players are going to get service time. And I don't think something like that would hold it up. But at the same time, that now becomes part of this negotiation and this back and forth. It You really begin to realize you know, how the sausage is made. Like there are so many finite pieces of information that you have to kind of figure out, is this better for the union? Is it better for the owners? And it's, it's difficult. And I, it just seems as if the players are, are going to get shorthanded a little bit. The, the owners are, they're playing hardball. Yeah. And the players want to play. I mean, I think they want to yeah. play a lot more than the owners want to play. Um, I think the other thing of all this is that even if they have a deal today, it doesn't spring training won't start for at least another seven days. Yeah. And I think we're going to see players get stuck. I think there's going to be players overseas who can't get back. The Rockies have a number who are not in the U.S. right now. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to see players being signed like the day before spring training. I'm sorry, the day before opening day and having to train by themselves for all the spring training. So I think it's already a mess. Um, and I think the players know that if they – as much as it would suck if they get shorthanded, if they don't have a deal soon, it's going to be them who is going to get the shorthand of this. Absolutely. And if and if they don't 
take uh, uh, the short end of the deal in a sense, then they're going to be the ones held accountable. And that's really mm -hmm. the PR game that I think MLB has played to say, well, look, the best that MLB can hope for is sharing the blame in this when mm -hmm. I really don't think it should be as much of a, of a shared blame. And you're right about the players wanting to play because so much of this goes back to that pandemic season mm -hmm. when the players were ready to play before July 23rd. Mm -hmm. And the commissioner was able to unilaterally uh, decide, you know, when, when the season went on. And now uh, there's all these safe, safety protocols and stuff, which were legit. And so it's hard to know how much earlier they could have come back, mm -hmm. but they were ready to come back sooner. Didn't happen. Then the owners, the next year in 2021, because ballparks couldn't have full capacity, they wanted to delay the start of the season. But again, players just wanted to play baseball. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really how we got into this situation it was already bad enough after the last cba but the players couldn't play so the owners pushed back the start of 2020 players pushed forward the start of 2021 and that's that's how we're in this this predicament right now where owners are threatening to cancel games exactly and i think players don't want that they want to stay strong but they i mean that's what i'm saying they want to be out there it's what they're paid for they're not getting paid if they cancel games i mean owners will lose money too um, but think of all the players who, you know, don't make the millions of dollars. You know, I think everybody sees Max Scherzer. I think there was an article about his Porsche that he drove in, but yeah, that was weird. There are so many players who like just got added to the 40 man roster and they were making the triple a minimum last year. You know, they're not making a ton. Yeah. For, for any, every player that we think of as the superstar guys, whose Jersey you're going to buy, there's three or four players who they're lucky to make. Previously, with the league minimum being five hundred thousand dollars more than that, five fifty, making like one point five million dollars over the entirety of their career. So that's what those guys are fighting for. They're fighting for that majority, the guys that are on the the lower rung. I mean, look, even if you look at the Rockies roster, look at how many rookies they had on mm. on the team last year, particularly in the bullpen. And you you say, yeah, a lot of those guys are making the minimum. Mm -hmm. I think we're gonna see what probably two out of their five starting pitchers next year, maybe three out of six. So to go to six man rotation, they're going to be making the minimum. Yeah. It's really only Freeland, Senzatella and Marquez mm -hmm. who are making any money. We, we, we still have, do we know how much Freeland's going to make? Did he sign a one year deal or is he going to arbitration? He's going to arbitration. Yeah. These are all, these are all the things I'm like, I don't remember him signing. Mm -hmm. So man, th there's going to be a lot of paperwork that has to get done. The rule five draft is going to go on a week after they signed the CBA. They got to figure that out. Or it could be canceled. Have you heard that? It's a, I mean, I don't, Interesting. I don't think anything's been decided. Of course. Okay. Yeah. That, I guess at, at, at some point you do that. And again, they did the minor league phase, but they just mm -hmm. uh, didn't do the, the major league phase on that. And yeah, you got all the free agents that are going to be shuffling around mm -hmm. different teams. We won't really be able to get all the content we want out of it because no. it's just too much. Mm -hmm. We have too many lemons to make lemonade out of. And all the international players who don't have visas at the moment, they can't just, I mean, I'm sure they're going to expedite them, but they can't get a visa overnight and be in Arizona the next day. So that's going to take some time too. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a rough setup, obviously, all around. Have you, you, you talked about the minor league season starting and, and prospects. Have you, have you dug into to some of the names? If, if you have to go down and talk to a lot more of the minor leaguers than normal, is it really Veen, Romo, Benny Montgomery? They're the, kind of the top three on the list, or do you have some other interesting players to worth chatting up? I mean, I think those are the big names. Um, yeah. I'm interested to talk to some of the draft picks from last year. Um, yeah. Jaden Hill had yeah. Tommy John surgery right before the draft. 
So I'm very interested to see where he is at right now. Um, Joe Rock, who has the best name for a Rockies player. <laughs> yes. Um, Lefty, he, too. I like that. Yeah, he did pretty good in his first season. Um, Chris McMahon, mm-hmm. not related to Ryan McMahon, but he had a really good year. I think he was in high A last year. So um, kind of interested to see where he is. There's not a lot of pitching depth right now. So kind of curious to see how those lower level pitchers have done. For sure. I think... I think Chris McMahon is related to Ryan McMahon the same way Tyler Kinley is related to President McKinley. <laughs> I think that, that that's for you, Susie, out there. Um, I actually had to ask. I was like, are they related? And everybody was like, not at all. <laughs> but uh, Chris McMahon's uncle is actually Vince McMahon, mm-hmm. owner of WWE. No, he, no, no relation. <laughs> these, all, all these people with their McMahon's name. Ed McMahon? You, know, you might not know who that is. No. Don't know Ed McMahon. Hooah! All right. No, that's Al Pacino. That's different. That's a different. He was on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Remember, not all hip. things. All things that right over. <laughs> yeah. There you go. As you said. Um, well, this has been been fun. What are some other the big things for people to look out for over there at uh, the Gazette? Yeah, I mean, I'm. We have um, all four B writers set in Denver now, so be sure to follow our other sports writers for Avs, Broncos, and Nuggets. Um, I'm very excited to be bringing a lot of features this year. Um, that's what I think I do best. I have some really big ideas. Um, I'll be at minor league camp next week, um, which starts on Sunday, bright and early. So look for some prospect coverage next week. What were some of your favorite uh, exclusives and, and, and longer stories that you did from the past year? Because I, I mean, I was impressed. I, I like all the work that you did. But like, what was one of your favorite ones for either people to go back and, and take a look at or just, again, for you, you just really enjoyed doing it? I think my favorite was I had like a whole Herman Marquez months. Um, I think it was like the month of June to July when yeah. he almost threw that no hitter and then he made the all star game. Um, I was just really proud of all that content that month. Um, after he threw the no hitter, I did sort of like a next day piece. Um, and I he like dropped his line about how he sat in his uniform for so long after that game and then he was just so hungry he had to go get pasta. <laughs> um, and I just turned that into like a little funny story. I thought that was cute. Um, and then at the all-star game, I actually sat with his wife for a little bit and talked with her. Um, he, his wife and his son were not in the U S for the beginning of his playing career. Wow. So this was the first year they'd ever seen him play in person. Um, he was able to get them visas and I moved to Denver. Um, so the all-star game was obviously a very emotional moment for her, um, not being able to see the first, however many years of his career, um, and this year, it's him almost throw a no-hitter, and it's him make the all-star game here again announced at Coors Field, and then to get a pitch in his home stadium. Um, it was just a really big moment for their family um, and just meant so much to them. Yeah, I, I didn't actually know that information until till reading your article, mm-hmm. so I thought that was uh, good investigative journalism there. Thank you. Good stuff. What, where can uh, people follow you over on Twitter, too? Yeah, my username is at D underscore Alan Tuck. Um, haven't been super active there as we haven't had baseball, but stay tuned for lots of coverage coming the next couple weeks. More on TikTok, I think, right? More <laughs> of the TikTok on D underscore Alan Tuck. No, maybe not. No, it's at all. my job as a young beat writer to show them the TikToks, uh, but it's not my job to make them. Well, that, that's what we need. We need like a, a press box TikTok. I mean, really, it's all going to be Thomas Harden. Yeah. But but you you can run it. That's fine, and we'll we'll pitch ideas and have you had, you know get Thomas's take on all these crazy That'd things. That'd be completely unhinged. I don't even know if it Thomas. I've shown him TikToks. I don't know if he knows what they are. So, 
as long as you put a camera in front of him, he's going to perform. Right. So it, it's going to be perfect. Yes. All right. So keep keep an eye out for that as well. All great things. Uh, we are over on Twitter doing all of our Rockies stuff at DNVR underscore Rockies. Remember, only 50 cents for your first month at the DNVR.com. I'm at Patrick D. Lyons. This has been a lot of fun. It's been great. But you know what they say about momentum? It's only as good as tomorrow's podcast. I'll talk to you then.